0: In the struggle for power. So, the creative writer, the position of a writer in many of those early African nations was a political position. You couldn't avoid it. You know, you were either, the national leaders were either opposing or trying to repress you or trying to co opt you. And it sounds like, you know, it's a very different situation that writers are writing in today. I agree that that
1: co-opting is no longer the case. I think that Professor Schoenker is absolutely right. It's no longer necessary. I don't think I would agree that the writers were not being political. So, for example, Chimamanda Adichie, who opens the book, her, her story, The Shivering, talks about a friendship between two Nigerians living in America and one of the characters is a gay man writing about a gay character is a hugely political act, Mm -hmm. especially if you're coming from countries that are enacting vile legislation against the gay community. And so while it's a story about this friendship, it's a story about diaspora in many ways, it's a story about religion too, for me, it's a very political story. And I was really pleased to open the book with a story that tackled that issue head on. And so I guess that weight of having to obviously be political or having obviously tackled social issues, it's a burden that these writers have either chosen or it maybe never occurred to them to carry that burden. And as a reader, I'm deeply grateful because I think it makes for a kind of subtlety that's absolutely essential.
0: That's so fascinating that you said there's a kind of burden they don't feel required to carry anymore. What's the burden?
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting for me because it's been very interesting listening to reactions to this collection from writers in Bangladesh and India, for example, and across the African continent, as opposed to writers in London or in the United States. The reviewers in the United States and London are very concerned about form and the way that anthology should be. And perhaps disappointingly for me, not engaging with the story so much because it it is, I guess, in the end, a mishmash because the writers are from so many different countries and um, writing some different genres. It's that burden of the way things are supposed to be. Do you have to be political? Do you have to talk about poverty or war or corruption? You know, what form does a short story take? What form does a novel take? All of those things are burdens. And I think that this kind of self-invention that I feel all of the writers I worked with have undertaken. And that's not saying it's an ignoring of the past or ignoring of history, but it's certainly for me as a self-invention that shrugs off all of those burdens and, you know, maybe even doesn't acknowledge them. So it's not
0: that these younger writers are politically or socially disengaged. It's more
1: that it's a moment of liberation, Absolutely. And the one thing they are very much is engaged. These are stories, and this is writing, about place and about people. And the really important themes are all there. The things that make literature valuable and the things that make reading important are all here. I can't emphasize that enough. There's a deep engagement here. But it's perhaps not the engagement one would expect when one sort of approaches African literature all in capital letters.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say, switch, switching from thinking about these stories from a writer's perspective or a publisher's or editor's perspective, and thinking about them simply from the perspective of a reader, somebody, maybe somebody white with no particular connection to or great knowledge of African nations and what it's like to live anywhere in Africa today. What would a reader get out of some of these stories, do you think?
1: Oh, that's wonderful. What a wonderful thought. I I just had a a vision of somebody opening the book for the first time and... and starting off on this incredible journey. <laughs>
0: it is. It is a journey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's dizzying and probably as confusing and exciting as it would be to s- step off a
1: plane in Nairobi. Well, I, I wonder, I think that I would invite the person if, if they were asking themselves this question, to switch it around and imagine what somebody first experiences when they pick up a novel that's written by an American, Joshua Ferris, for example, and what they find there. One finds a lot that's familiar because we're all human beings. We live families we live in societies with our neighbors we have friends we have lovers we do bad things sometimes you know and this is the the stuff that stories are made made of and so you know just as an african reader reading a european novel for example or a north american novel would experience those things and recognize them as well as experiencing things that are completely new You know, you're reading a Mennonite novel and they're all eating Shu fi pie or something like that. You know, you... you... (laughs)